Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to your next episode, the podcast where we talk to experts and interesting people entering their 40s, 50s and beyond. I'm Amy. And I'm Louise. And today we're joined down the line by Sharon Walters, who in her 40s has discovered a new outlet for her creativity and a desire to celebrate women of African descent and use her voice to encourage all of us to take up space. Uh, She's an artist, uh, she's an educator and also coordinator of a community outreach programme at Gunnersbury Park Museum in West London. Welcome. Hello, Sharon. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on. Um, So you started your Seeing Ourselves collage series uh, about two years ago, was it? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, Two years ago last month. (laughs) Oh, wow. So you're kind of celebrating that. It's been a really fast two years, but it's been brilliant. It has kind of, because um, we, we met probably about two years ago. Yeah, I think we met at Lucky Things. Things have really, you know, taken off since then. That's what I seem to have seen. Like, it's it like it's all kicked off, isn't it? It's all kicked <laughs> it's off. All it's kicked all off. gone a bit wild. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I, that's what, I mean, we talk about this all the time, like that thing of how the, the whole social media thing is sometimes, it can be seen as sort of like a um, an evil stain on our on our society and on our communities but actually that thing of connecting with people and I guess that's how you've organically spread the word about what you've done isn't it yeah it is um I think with starting the series I started posting my work daily um on Instagram and I got so much encouragement and I still get a lot of encouragement um to keep posting and to keep creating and it's the way I sell my work to. How would you describe your, your style and the Seeing Ourselves project specifically? So um, Seeing Ourselves is a collage series. It's a handmade collage series. So I um, use photographs and images and magazines and I use a scalpel and a cutting mat and I cut up images of women with natural Afro hair. I use paper cuts and glue and yeah, I just absolutely love creating the series. It, it really is... Um, 
a way of me reaffirming my right to take up space yeah. and through the work that I do I encourage others to do the same do you know what I, I used to stalk people now for this podcast it's called research um, so I, I see you like uh, you know sometimes you'll you'll sit there into the small wee hours won't you I guess you just do you just get on like a meditation tip it's so relaxing it's difficult to explain how relaxing it is in fact this morning I rarely work first thing in the morning but this morning I did and I got up and I just started cutting it was around about six o'clock wow um but I had a lot of my a lot of my mind so I just wanted to relax and unwind yeah you just get into a meditative state and it's so it's so addictive it's um it just slows everything down and keeps yeah. you very mindful. Did you go to art college or when was the beginning of you making that link between the, the scalpel sort of gliding across paper and just that almost zen-like quality of that? So, yeah, I did go to art college. I firstly went to um, a, a university when I was in my 20s. But after being made redundant um, years ago, I... I decided to go back and study what I really always wanted to study, which was art. Right. And I graduated from St. St. Martin's in 2011. But my art practice at that time wasn't wasn't really 2D type work. So it wasn't um, collage or painting. It was more video installation pieces, so using, using sound and um, photographic images to create videos. Yeah. But more recently, basically after I had a, an ankle injury from running, <laughs> I um, I decided to start making work that was kind of different from what I'd been making before. Just before that time, I'd been painting. But I um, I looked around the house at, and looked for what I actually had lying around, and I had a scalpel, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, and, within um, reach. If you've got an al- yeah, within ankle reach. injury, you, you are... You, you're... <laughs> Yeah, you're you're laid laid up. I guess you you just had to. Yeah, I just wanted to use something that I had lying around, and and so I started cutting up from magazines and gluing, um, creating new images. You're just talking about that moving image thing. There's one image that I've got in my mind that you created where you'd almost it looked like it was a video behind it. Do you know which one I mean? It looked yeah, like it I was do. outside in the garden or something. Yeah, it was in the garden. So. With all the work that I create, I try and keep it pretty low, um, low tech. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I use what I have. Um, I don't have high tech kind of programs or anything. And I basically cut a collage, a paper cut. I then filmed the paper cut with the garden behind. Mm. And then I, I was playing my radio, my um, speaker as well. So... I created a video doing that. It's something that I'd really like to explore further. Yeah. I've made a few of them, but I'd really like to exhibit them. I just love that. There was just that fluidity and we'll put a link in the show mm. notes to it because um, you'll see what we're talking about. It's really beautiful and kind of, yeah, it does have that kind of hypnotic state almost about it. Oh, thank I you. I don't know. Can you tell I've just come back from India and I'm all like... I know. With my, with my zen... With my, I know, zen, my zen material. <laughs> I think this is going to go down well on the open mic night uh, circuit. <laughs> I've just come back from my yoga retreat. I watched your stories, by the way, and I thought they were brilliant. I think I saw every one. Oh, <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> You've sort of covered the, the process of, uh, you mm. know, how you do it. Do you, t- you, do you tend to sort of send people images or do you get commissions? How do you start with an idea? It depends really. This morning um, I was just looking through magazines and I found an image and I just cut that image up and it's it's probably almost unrecognisable from what the original one was. Yeah. Um, but I just recently, actually just yesterday, 
I got commissioned um, for a new commission, um, a bespoke piece, and I've been sent the image and I'll work from that image. And that's a surprise for someone, so I can't talk about it very wow. much. But um, I work from images that are given to me. Recently, I also worked on an image of my grandfather and gave that piece to my um, to my dad for his 70th. Oh, lovely. Incredible. Um, I like taking the photos myself. That's my favourite thing to do. If I meet someone randomly, <laughs> it's always a weird thing to ask, but can I take your photograph? And this is what I do. And basically, I'd like to cut up your your um, photograph to make a new picture Um, (laughs) and that feeling when I actually see someone who I'd love to include in the series is quite overwhelming yeah it Um, must be just that sort of strike of just inspiration when you you can almost see how that end product might look um, just by seeing somebody. It's less about how the end product might look the starting point is really how the face looks and the light and shade yeah and I can see the sections that I would Im- immediately I can see the sections mm. I would re- will remove and that's quite exciting so let's say I wanted to give Amy um, a picture of her uh, a collage of herself would mm-hmm. I is that how it works so I would send you a photograph of Amy which yeah would you then cut that up and then remake it. I'm slightly baffled as to... That's okay. I can explain <laughs> it. It's yes. quite... It's quite a visual thing, it. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I can understand it would be confusing. Mm. Um, I So you would send me a picture of Amy. Mm-hmm. You're right. I would then um, go to my print um, printers. Mm. I use a print company. And they print on onto a particular type of paper that I like to cut from. Right. I would then use that print... Mm-hmm. and put it onto my um, cutting mat and cut away from that image. Right. So I wouldn't use just general uh, everyday paper. I use right. a particular type of paper. Okay. It's also like archival quality, so it will last forever oh. um, in theory. Um, yeah. And I would work from that image. After I've cut the pieces that I'm interested in cutting, uh-huh. I then layer up with different types of, um, it might be patterns or it might be, um, I don't know, scenes scenes from nature or urban landscape once i i'm happy with the um, composition of the piece i would then start gluing the piece together okay thanks you you can almost see the images from nature or whatever sharon would choose through Mm. the cuts of the of the face right it It was quite weird when we did that workshop because people were kind of like hacking into faces of you know obviously (laughs) people like oh this feels a bit weird actually like are we taking their soul or something you know this is just like (laughs) random pictures that we'd chosen from magazines that you brought along but i guess it is a muscle that once you get into the rhythm of that you develop your own style for it yeah you do and those pictures that we used in that workshop were all friends of mine so um yeah so they had all agreed to have their images used in the workshop and they were yeah really thrilled that I'd asked them I feel as though for me it's a meditative process and it really helps um me calm things down and it helps with my mental health and all sorts of things but also the response from people who either buy the work or are featured in the work has always been really, really positive. Mm, yeah. So it feels, to, coin the, to use that phrase, you know, like a win-win, mm. um, where everyone involved feels part of the process to a certain oh, extent. Lovely. Yeah, that yeah. is lovely. Yeah. Um, so why did you wait until your 40s to, to do this? I know that you, you you had an ankle injury, but was it something that had been in your, on your mind for a long time? I've had quite a, a varied career. Mm. Um, I probably did my first art workshop 
in a secondary school, delivering to secondary school kids over 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I then went into sales and did various other jobs, but I did come back to um, fine arts. and, And so I've been doing art for quite a long time. I mean, I was teaching and training teachers on how to deliver post-16 citizenship education back in 2005. And I was doing that through fine art. Um, I was teaching in pupil referral units and working with young people uh, and children. Hmm. So had you been sort of holding back, though, a bit? I'm just wondering if you, as you got into your 40s and coming out of that fog of having small children, um, Hmm. it's quite common for people to sort of suddenly think oh actually this is what I want to do you know having a bit more clarity about what they really mm. want to be doing yeah I think it well it coincided with the ankle injury mm. cutting down drinking as much oh yes uh, yeah mm-hmm. I was running just before that before the ankle injury so a lot of things changed mm. all at the same time I was mm. also thinking about you know the fact that I, I am now in my 40s and what that means and what the future what I want to actually do in the future and what my dreams were and I think when I was running I, I basically did a 10k um I was trained to do a 10k in four within four months I'd never run before wow. um, because of a spinal condition and a friend at the gym taught me how to run she trained me for free which was really really amazing but it changed my mindset it mm. really changed yeah. how I am how I viewed what I was capable of. Wow. And she was also a really good role model, as in she didn't drink loads. Yeah. <laughs> and she was really <laughs> driven and really focused and really helped me to believe that things outside of what I expected were actually um, possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what this podcast is all about, really, mm, isn't it? Mm. Just that thing of sort of, you know, you come up for air either after having children or getting to a certain point in your career and yeah it's like oh okay reframing yeah what you're capable of and it's true that what you say about what Louise was saying about um coming out of the fog of having small children Mm. with both children I um had um postnatal depression and anxiety depression so I Mm. I think coming through that and feeling much stronger both mentally and physically yeah it really helps me to change my direction and um, just to think about things more positively. So can I go back to your, you've been a year sober now, is that right? Or just over a year? Yeah, just over a year. So it was just at the end of December. Yeah. was my year. Okay. So we had Sober Dave um, on the podcast. I think you, you, do you know him? I'm sure we did. Yeah, I do. We we met at a sober dinner um, at the Redemption Bar last year. Oh, right. And quite a few others. Yeah. Okay. So we had him on at the beginning of the year um, and lots of us have done dry January, myself included. And Amy's been sober for 15 months now is that yeah. right Amy about yeah. the same time as you in fact I was probably closeted when you know I had this whole thing about coming out like the shame <laughs> of coming out as be, of being sober and I think when we did actually meet I was doing my um yeah can I get a lemonade please at the bar can you put a slice of lime in it and then I'd do this weird kind of like oh I'm a bit tipsy <laughs> but obviously but I wasn't but just the, sh- the, the shame of kind of like oh, like I don't want to spoil anyone's night or bring anyone down oh my gosh that's hilarious Amy the things that well, we you do realize you realise you realise you didn't have to do that now yeah right? like nobody gives a shit really Amy like nobody you're not that important that everybody's going to base their night on you but again right. that, I had to work through that yeah. 
I think I am that important, though. I yeah. really do. <laughs> Sense of entitlement. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? You have that... You, you sometimes put the pieces together afterwards that actually, oh, my not drinking so much or being maybe a bit more of a mindful drinker has actually coincided with this really productive and creative time in my life. Is that a coincidence? Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because... I cut down drinking because of running. And then when I started to try and drink again, I would just get the most horrendous headaches. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I think I I'm sure somewhere you'd said on Instagram that you, you know, you really, really tried to, to carry on drinking, didn't you? I <laughs> kept, yeah, <laughs> kept yeah, drinking it, wine and then getting a headache and thinking, I'll try yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, trying again. And also being around people who are kind of encouraging that sometimes. Yes, yes. Like, we tried a different drink. And now looking back, I think, what the hell was I doing? It wasn't a health food, you know, it wasn't going to make me well. But I was so used to being a certain way and fitting mm. in. Mm. And it was it was about me fitting in, I think. Yeah. I think I, I really wanted to be part of something, I'm not mm. quite sure what. And by not drinking and just being used to being in that kind of headspace of this is what you do when you're having fun and yeah. without it, you're not really yeah. fun. And who are you? My whole, I think a lot of my identity was based around drinking and, um, and socialising. Mm. Mm. When that was removed, I just had to really look at the basics of who I actually am. Mm. And, mm. and that's scary, I, you know, isn't it? It's scary to sort of take away that if that is part of oh you know you don't want to piss on anyone's parade by going out for a drink and having a good old heart to heart and a good old chin wag but you're you are sitting there with a cranberry juice or something but I think sometimes it's just owning that isn't it yeah and you realize that you're fat you know I'm an idiot with booze and I'm an idiot without <laughs> yeah. like, that's my personality <laughs> so you know I mean I could be fun with or fun <laughs> yes. without oh, so it's him. not a, it's not about the alcohol and also people who are judging you for not drinking, are they really people that you really want to hang around with? I think sometimes people judge you and get sort of like, oh, boring, you know, because it actually yeah. just highlights something that they probably realise that is a bit of an issue for them as well, but they don't yeah. want to face it. 100%. So, yeah. I mean, we had this, uh, there's this thing, um, again, I will stop going, oh, in India, we had this thing. We did <laughs> oh, have on your the, yoga retreat. Yeah, we did <laughs> have this thing where we... we <laughs> on a yoga retreat, Amy. <laughs> I don't even care, but I went on a yoga retreat. Um, we, we had this thing, obviously there was lots of deep chats about stuff, and the, the thing that kept coming up is like, remember that thing that somebody said to you really hasn't got anything to do with you. <laughs> That's no. their stuff a lot of the time. I mean, obviously, there are exceptions to that. But that example you just said there, mm. just remembering, ah, that's actually got nothing to do with me. Mm, that's yeah. none of my business, that judgment. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And I was, and to be honest, I was that judgy person who mm. was like, why are you drinking? Why? Yeah, yeah. It used to be so much fun and, you know, really goading people. And it's just interesting now that um, I'm on the other side. Well, that was about you, Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> that was about you at that time, wasn't it? That was it your really stuff. It really was. Yeah. It was my stuff. It was nothing to do with anyone else. Mm. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So the work you've been doing in the last couple of years, the Seeing Ourselves collage series, yeah. it particularly focuses on women with natural Afro hair. Is that, mm-hmm. is that right? So when you were a child, was your natural hair embraced or not? Asked me that question before. Pardon? Um, yeah, I'm really impressed with that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was my natural hair embraced. Okay, so up until the age of about, I think it might have, I can't remember. I started having my hair chemically straightened from about the age of seven or eight. Wow. Wow. Um, earlier than that, I think I was having my hair hot ironed, which is where there's a hot comb mm. that's put on a stove and then you comb the hair through to relax the kinks out of the hair. Right. Um, but I think you have to put this into context yeah. as well. So mm. just thinking about um, coming to a, a completely different country mm. where you're not always made to feel very welcome, mm-hmm. despite being part of that in um, speech marks um, Commonwealth. Um, mm. And not really seeing people put on a pedestal with natural no, afro yeah. hair no. um so i think it's not that i feel any kind of resentment towards the decisions that were made um when i was growing up no you can understand of, them but the but the yeah, fact I can is completely it, understand them and i can understand mm. now why people aren't always comfortable with their natural afro hair because for a long time i wasn't i mean i chemic had my hair chemically straightened for 20 years and yeah, what I really wanted to do through the series was to celebrate natural Afro hair mm. and to celebrate the fact that your be- your beauty is within what grows naturally from your head, basically. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I think it- that's quite difficult to do when when around you, you see images of women who don't look like you. No are then celebrated and and you don't see yourself. Yeah. And that's why this series is called Seeing Ourselves, because I feel as though not only within magazines or mainstream media, but also through um, arts and heritage or, you know, when you're in, I work for a museum and mm. how many people that look like me are within my workspace or when mm. I go to events, how many people are there within that space also. So it's about embracing and learning to love myself and has it changed the way you see yourself then doing the series has it given you 
more confidence? Has it been empowering? Yeah, it's really empowering. Yeah, I feel, um, can you hear in my voice? Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it really has empowered me. I I feel so much stronger and I'm proud of who I am. Mm. And, um, you know, I obviously have the days where I go, oh, that that not look that great today. But I'm not saying I wake up every day and go, you look great. (laughs) No, um, I feel more confident with Mm. who I am and I'm not trying to be anyone else but me. And I embrace being, I embrace my difference. Mm. It's really interesting what you say, Sharon, about the, you know, when you go to those events, you work at a museum, are you seeing people who look like you at those events? And and it really reminds me of the, um, uh, you know, I saw the Wahim Phoenix BAFTA Mm. thing. I wanted to touch on that with you. And Mm -hmm. um, I've actually ordered the book, um, Me and White Supremacy, by a, 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 um, an author called Layla F. Saad. Yeah, do you, do I haven't you, read that yet. No. But I have heard about it. So, yeah, it's just that thing of sort of like, oh, these are uncomfortable conversations, but so many people have been so uncomfortable for so long, so let's pull up our big girl pants and let's hmm. have this conversation, you know, and yeah. and talk about that and, you know, that dismantling things from the position that we're in. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what my exact question is here. That's okay. Um, well, I think it's it's about having the conversation but also making steps towards making change. Mm. So acting on those conversations, yeah. mm. making a difference, Um if you see that people are underrepresented, asking why that's happening within yeah. the organisation, for example, that you might work in, um, why is it there are there are no people of colour yeah. in positions of um, power, or why why do they not have a seat at the table, um, yeah. and what are you doing to reach out to the to the um, people who are underrepresented? And just trying to shake things up, really. And, 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 being... and I thought about, I thought about, like, well, why, why don't, why doesn't everyone do that? Why don't we do that? And is it because I don't know? There's, because, there's a part of yeah, self-protection there, or we don't want to rock the boat, or something. I don't know. It, but that just seems like bullshit when you look at this issue. I thought about yeah. men and women, and and how women really want equality, and actually, it's the men who have to be backing us up in those conversations. Not that it's mm. the same thing, but um, we all need to be calling that out don't we yeah we do and i think unless it actually affects you directly there's quite often no reason to change things Mm. Mm. because it doesn't have an impact so if it doesn't have an impact it's quite easy to sit there and not see why that would be an issue for someone else yeah because if you've got a door open and you're able to walk through the door you can't really you probably haven't noticed that there are about another five or six people behind you that haven't been able to walk mm. through that door because for whatever reason I think it can be quite difficult for people to see that or sometimes they just don't want to see it yeah they see it and it's like well that's not my problem that's for someone else to deal with uh, one thing that he said in that speech was um you know it's not that anyone wants any preferential preferential treatment but hey that's what we're all doing sitting here and I think it's about having that acceptance speech but then following up and what yeah. happens next mm. Because the speech, yes, it was powerful. Yes, he used his position of power to to discuss really to start a conversation. Yeah, yeah, to start a conversation. Mm. But it's then about what happens next. What can we What can we do to ensure that we're not here this time next year and someone else just comes up and then makes a speech too? I wanted to ask you 
again about the collage workshops which I know mm. you sort of touched on but who are they for exactly are they for people like me for example so I'm at 50 and I'm not very artistic uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so the um, workshops are generally for people who don't have any experience of art really <laughs> yeah they oh. are um, they're I think art collage is a really really good medium mm. to use because you don't need to be able to draw well, yeah. and that can be a barrier for people. That's, that's, yeah, because I cannot draw and I'm just sitting here listening and I was listening yeah. to Amy talking about what she did and, and you talking about the process and yeah. I'm just thinking, well, with some guidance, you know, that is something, if it doesn't involve drawing... <laughs> yeah, you could do it. Honestly, you could do it. Yeah. And um, it's for people of all ages, so it depends on which workshop. So mm. I recently, a couple of weeks ago I did a workshop with children and they didn't use the scalpels but we used scissors mm. um and yeah those workshops they created such beautiful work but mm. that was for an art club right. and the children were aged between i think one group of six and eight and then i had two groups of nine to twelve year olds mm. and then i've also done collage workshops um with teenagers i've done workshops with um, adults as well so they vary the next one I have coming up is on the 4th of May um, and that's at Pittshanger Manor Gallery in Ealing and that's an evening workshop right. but no experience is required and I really encourage people who haven't been involved in art and don't mm. consider themselves artistic to come along and just try something yeah. new you yeah. don't have to you know you don't have to start selling your work and doing exhibitions <laughs> and all the rest but you can yeah but you can just do it for so that it's, you know, you do something that's therapeutic. Yeah, it's so therapeutic, isn't it? Because I've been uh, at various things where I've um, had to sit down and, and make something as, you know, uh, something small um, with guidance. And uh, as I say, I'm so, I'm not artistic at all. And usually it's the sort of thing I would absolutely swerve because I'd be just like, no, I'm rubbish at it. But Mm. Having done this a couple of times, uh, sort of slightly been forced to, <laughs> yeah, I, I found it very therapeutic to switch yeah. off, to, to um, unplug from um, technology and have mm. have that creative time is, is so beneficial, isn't it? It really is. And I create most of my pieces from my sofa. <laughs> um, unless I'm doing a large piece, which I would then make on my kitchen table. But uh, I think for a long time, I was thinking, just going back to your question, actually, for a long time, I was thinking that I needed this art studio, because I've always wanted to be an artist. Mm. And I kind of felt like I needed an art studio, and I needed all this stuff. Mm. And, you know, when I've got a certain amount of money, then, you know, I won't need to work, and I'll just mm. create art all day. And I realised that I was kind of standing in my own way a little yeah, bit. I yeah. was thinking of reasons why I shouldn't do stuff or the reasons why I couldn't do things. And um, really, it was all right here. I just needed to change my mindset. So you stopped waiting for the right time to do things and just realised mm. it's not too late. I don't need to have all of these things in place. I can actually just start doing this now. And Yeah. Yeah. So I think we touched on it earlier, but can can we just can you just explain where we can access your work? So is it on display? Well, I'm going to be at um, the Affordable Art Fair next month. Oh, so in Battersea March. Park. Yeah, in Battersea oh, wow. Park. I'll be with um, Will's Art Warehouse. Um, I'll be with that gallery. Just about all my pieces are on Instagram. Okay. And I do have prints. And in my highlights, I have the prints that are currently available that can be sent out straight away. 
Um, you could also look at my website, although that needs updating. So you're better off using Instagram. Who right. has who has who spends time <laughs> updating a website these days when I you can just know. do it all on Instagram? I mean, I think it's just it's good to have something. If someone Google's you, you've got a homepage there. But mm. really, yeah. I mean, you can yeah just update everything. Yeah, on Instagram and people. So this week I got the commission yesterday, but I also sold. I think oh, three prints went out this week. Do you feel you're at a point where I mean, um, obviously, the the is the museum is the day job. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. That's your Someone sort of... called it my side hustle the other day, which was really funny. <laughs> what, the museum is the side hustle and the yeah. actual art is the main thing? Well, I was going to ask you, there's obviously a tipping point, isn't there, where that is? You'll probably be able to answer this question better in a year from now or two years from now. Yeah. Do you feel like you're at that point where you would draw back, put, pull back a bit? On the museum well, I, to be able to do the work the museum work is about um working with underrepresented voices yeah. from our museum audiences so those might be um young people for example or i have another project with um japanese the japanese community lgbtq plus so yeah. it's all about um people having a voice and collaborating with people so that they take up space within our museum yeah so you can see where the the link is to Mm -hmm. my art practice they are really closely linked it's not like you're selling insurance during the day and then doing you know it's it's, it is (laughs) totally linked isn't it yeah which is a great place to be yeah so tomorrow i'm working with our new artists and residents on a new project so i am going in it's a saturday tomorrow so i'll be working with him and his team so I am doing things that are linked, but time-wise, mm. I'm feeling quite put, stretched time-wise yeah. because I'm about to apply for another um, project <laughs> as well. So there's lots going on and it's super exciting. But I think for me, I'm trying not to think too far ahead. I'm taking each day at a time yeah. and kind of approaching my life as I do a collage and just seeing, not thinking about the end product, just going with it. So finally, can I ask you the two questions that we ask all guests who are over 40, which is uh, what's great about this time of your life and also what are you excited about, which is a new one that I've added. (laughs) Just for you, you're the first time trying this out on. (laughs) Well, I'm... um... I'm definitely less fearful mm. and I understand who I am now. Yeah. Um, I think I, I care about myself more than I did probably in my 20s. Yeah, mm. I definitely care about myself more than yeah. I did then. I'm excited about this new commission that I'm working on. Yeah. Super excited. Oh, but, but, because but it's, it's secret, isn't it? So It's a secret one, <laughs> but mind. it's a very special <laughs> one and I, they're all special, but this yeah. one's very different. So I'm, um, I'm looking forward to working on this and oh. I'll finish that within the next month or so. Okay. Um, I'm excited about the affordable art fair mm. and my new projects with the gallery and some other stuff that's coming up too. But that's secret about, as yeah, well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you ever so much, Sharon. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed the chat. It was really, really oh, good. Oh, good. Really good. good. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production. 
Hello, this is Rich Wilson, host of the podcast Insane in the Membrane, where we talk to funny and interesting people about men's mental health. People like James A. Kester. Because we won't talk about emotions because we think that's bad. We won't talk about feelings because that's bad. So they've, they've had to rebrand it and go, it's mental health. Go, oh, oh, talk, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mental. Our, our brains are so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty clever. Uh, I, I like, okay, I'll get, I'll get into my mental health. Yeah, that's it. I like puzzles. <laughs> and Rob Beckett. I've never even d- done a school play. <laughs> I did some open mic gigs. Uh, Did the Edinburgh Fringe, got on, somehow got on the telly. And I'm on the other side of the world in the jungle doing nights. <laughs> following out and deck. And David Baddiel. The mum comes up to me and says, I'm starting this charity and it's for men and mental health in men and would you like to be the patron of it? And my first thought was, all oh, right, so I come to this place every day. If I say no, she's going to be looking oh, yeah. at me every day like, you <laughs> cunt, you <laughs> uncaring, pretending to be interested in mental health. Search Insane in the Membrane from wherever you get your podcasts. Brand new episodes every Thursday at 6pm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.